0: Enthusiasts. Welcome to Food Innovators by Foodex. This is where we have conversations with thinkers and entrepreneurs disrupting the food industry, where you get a chance to sit down with founders of food startups, food thinkers, and food trendsetters, advancing food tech, launching exciting companies, and shifting the way food is prepared, distributed, and consumed. Foodex feeds the food movement. FoodX invests and works with food founders from around the world. If you have a food tech or food product, sign up at foodex.com. That's F O O D hyphen x dot com. Want to shoot me an email about this podcast or Foodex? Email Andrew V at food hyphen x dot com. Or find me on LinkedIn forward slash i n forward slash andrew ive i-v-e look forward to connecting with you and now on with the show hi caro this is andrew from food innovators by foodx how are you
1: i'm good yourself
0: good thank you we've tried this a few times thanks to skype (laughs) for all their all their good fun a dog wants to get in on the action Uh, (laughs) Uh, um okay okay so tell me What's your company name and who are you?
1: Okay, my company is Agron, Agron Solutions, and we develop portable sensor tech to measure soil fertility at the fraction of the cost and time than traditional methods.
0: So, break that down for me. Portable what now?
1: Sensor technology.
0: Portable sensor technology. Okay, so, and the company name is Agron Solutions, so A G R O N Solutions. Perfect. Take me through uh, portable sensor technology. What's that What's that all about?
1: Okay, so we have a device. We can take it to the field and perform the analysis there. So we take samples, then we prepare the sample, and we have sensors of six nutrients, pH, and conductivity. So it takes around 60 seconds to take the sample once you have the prepared material.
0: Okay, so... Uh, portable sensor technology in the field. So when you say in the field, uh, you mean actually in an actual field, as opposed to just taking it out into the business world, as it were.
1: Yeah. Okay. In mean, field as right now they take it to the labs.
0: Okay, got you. So, so, t- so t- the, the current process is what?
1: Okay, farmers usually divide the field, sectorize the field, okay, take samples. We can say they take 25 subsamples in a field of 25 vectors. Then they join all the samples to make a significant sample, and they send it to the lab. Seven days after, they receive results, and they usually hire an agronomist to interpret these results.
0: Okay, so seven days delay uh, once they've uh, pulled together the necessary samples, and then so often they'll use an uh, they'll they'll need a agronomist to kind of translate that data into something that's usable?
1: Yeah, usually it works like that.
0: Now I'm guessing that's a process for companies of a or farms of a particular size?
1: Uh it's the traditional method right now. So it doesn't depend the size. So there are farmers of five hectares that do this analysis, there are farmers of a hundred hectares that do this analysis. For big companies that also use this method. How
0: often? How often will they need to do this, or will they do this generally?
1: So the ideal is to do it at least two times a year. Okay. So after every crop, so talking about uh, half-year crops. Okay. But right now, some farmers they do it every three years, and they just manually calculate how soil is performing.
0: And what do they use the data for? The data. Yeah. Why are they doing? Okay. Why are they doing this? What What's it helping to, them to either decide or to to do or not to do or to do more of or to do less of?
1: Yeah. Okay. So soil before so it starts with a certain amount of nutrients. After each crop, the plant took some nutrients from the soil. Right. So farmers have to give back these nutrients to be able to grow more. So that's why they need this data.
0: And and what happens if they use? Oh, I mean, can't they just put fertilizer down what happens if they use too much or too little fertilizer it's probably pretty obvious but i just want to make sure that <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm accurate in my guesses
1: yeah so if they put less the plants won't have enough to actually grow as they expect so right. they won't reach the crop yield they want
0: so, so that so that's a six month basically delay or you know the the results you'll get after that six months will be uh, be, uh below par
1: Yeah, it would be just less production.
0: Okay. And if you use too Um, much fertilizer, can't you just use a little bit more than you expect and hope for the best?
1: Yeah, so if you just use more, you're actually wasting because the plant won't absorb it. So it's all going to to the water. So it's going to be a waste of fertilizer, waste of money. Now,
0: is uh, so is per I mean, is fertilizer that expensive? I mean, can I, can, if if I use ten percent more than I need or twenty percent more than I need, isn't that like a couple hundred bucks or something? Or not? no, uh, in this kind of volume, you're talking about sizable amounts of money.
1: Yeah, it's actually a thousands of dollars.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And what about? You said it runs off into the water. Uh, are there kind of environmental impacts of using too much fertilizer?
1: Yeah, so actually right now most of the water is polluted because of the fertilizer that goes, like the waste of fertilizer. So yeah, like the direct impact we can say they have if they Mm over-fertilize, it's going to be pollution of water.
0: Okay, what about the long-term or short-term, sorry, the long-term consequences of too much or too little fertilizer on their soil uh, you know, their asset, as it were. What what, what's, yeah. what, are the consequences of that?
1: In both of them, it would be a loss of fertility. So if they over-fertilize, the soil will become toxic. Okay. And if they don't fertilize, the soil won't have the capacity to produce either.
0: Okay, so I can see why this is necessary. And, and right now, because of the time delay and the cost involved in, in the traditional uh, method, i.e. pre-Agron, um, these guys are are doing it instead of twice a year they're doing it sometimes once a year twice twice uh, yeah. or once every two years or three years something along those lines yeah so i mean realistically speaking if they um, are putting too little on a consistent basis they they're potentially you know losing significant amounts of of production from from the field if they're putting too much um, consistently they're a there's a cost of fertilizer b there's an environmental cost, and c there's a long term impact on their own asset because it becomes more and more toxic
1: yeah I would say in both in both uh parts, even if it's over fertilized or don't put the right amount of fertilizer put less mm-hmm. it would be cost and environmental impact
0: so so your your tool let's kind of dig dig into uh, dig ha ha ha. Uh, let's dig into that one a little bit. Um, your the, so so your tool. Um, how long does it take generally to get the results? Seven days. No, no, no. Your tool.
1: Oh, our tool. We say the whole process, if you include the sampling process, mm-hmm. it would take around three hours.
0: Around three hours. So, yeah. so when you say the sampling process, that's generally. Subdividing the field into kind of equal sp- uh, uh, amounts, and then walking around the field in your Wellington boots um, and your, you know, your bar and your and your barber jacket, collecting samples of soil. Yeah.
1: Correct. So
0: it's the physical walking around bit. The actual testing yeah. bit, where you've got the soil uh, in its different little samples, um, and and you're testing that in the machine. What what's that time span?
1: The. The sensor takes 60 seconds to have the results.
0: Okay. Um, so 60 seconds. Um, let's get back into the cost thing just, to, just for a moment. Um, the current seven-day process, sending out to a lab versus sixty second. what's the cost of your um, sensor um, versus the cost of sending it out to a lab?
1: Okay. Labs, they charge around $65, for example.
0: Okay. And we charge thirty-five dollars per sample. Holy
1: crap! Yeah, <laughs> that's that's
0: something. So sixty seconds. Okay, so sixty seconds for thirty-five bucks versus seven days and sixty bucks. Okay, I, I get it now. Um, let's talk accuracy. How how do we know that your tool is as accurate, or is it more accurate? I have no idea. How do we know whether your tool is as accurate, let's say, as, as sending it out to a lab? Are you because you're doing it in 60 seconds? Is there not a concern that the results you guys deliver are not as good, um, or as accurate, or as believable, or trustworthy as as sending it out to a, a you know a, a lab of a, a lab with guys with lab coats on or ladies with lab coats on and <laughs> Bunsen burners and test tubes and things?
1: Okay, yeah, so we're actually working on that right now. Okay. So we're working on agave fields.
0: Sorry, when, and... you, when, you say, when you say you're working on it, does that mean you're not as accurate and you're trying to make it better? Or you don't know the answer? Or what does uh, we're working on it mean?
1: Yeah, so we're trying to get better, we can say. In some nutrients, we already have a 2% variation with labs.
0: Okay. In, In others, we it, have
1: a five percent variation.
0: Okay, explain to me two percent variation. What do you mean by two percent variation with labs?
1: So the difference, the results that the labs are given Okay. And ours, there's a two percent uh, difference, difference.
0: Difference. Yeah. So let. So, so is is that significant? Is a two percent difference significant when it comes to uh, ha, how much fertilizer or how little fertilizer? you're needing to deploy?
1: Yeah, we can say for now it's it's fine. I mean, the farmer, for example, the email labs have different results, and the farmers know that.
0: Oh, okay, so, 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 so it's not consistent. If you had two different labs using the same sample, um, that actually could have different results just because of the process they used to assess it?
1: Yeah, so we did that experiment we sent two samples, I mean the same sample. We separate the sample in two, send it to different labs, and they actually got like pretty different results. In some nutrients wow. it was like a fifty percent variation. So we asked we asked farmers like what do you know that? And they say yes. So we just ask it depends on the extractors or how they extract the nutrients from soil, the methods they use. Mm-hmm so they know there's going to be a difference depending on the method they use
0: so it's so they they they're sending it out to a lab and even then the results they're getting is 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 unreliable or or potentially not it's more of a guide than an accurate predictor
1: yeah so what they do is they just send their samples to the same lab so they can have
0: consistent results consistent inaccurate consistent inaccurate results awesome love lovely okay so let so so back to back to it 35 bucks 60 seconds your results are are basically around two percent difference versus a, a lab when you say a lab given that we just figured out that labs have different results are there yeah. are there kind of government labs or certified labs or are they all certified? Are they all are they all so a, 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 you know kind of a qualified in some way?
1: Yeah. So these two labs where we got the results, they are both certified. So usually the farmer, what they would do is they would ask you which method are you using to. Extract the nutrients right and then they'll make decisions according to it Okay, so
0: so, so let's let's talk now about Simplicity you, you say it takes about three hours. Most of that time by the sounds of it is walking around the field uh, But 60 seconds to get the results um, complicated Not complicated uh, you, you mentioned an agronomist in the beginning needing to interpret the results Do you need an agronomist to interpret your results?
1: We have an app that actually gives an interpretation oh, okay. so it gives it gives a complete fertilization program okay so yeah, the farmer can actually use it, but right now we're going with fertilizer companies who have an agronomist team, and they are actually the ones using the tool agronomist, not uh- directly the farmer.
0: Okay, so right now your tool is being used by who.
1: Fertilizer companies.
0: Fertilizer companies, and okay. And the
1: agronomists, they
0: have on field. Okay. Now, given that the fertilizer company is getting paid for the amount of fertilizer that you guys, are, or not you guys, but the customer is using, isn't there an incentive for them to, uh, how do I put it, um, misrepresent the data so that you guys, or, you know, so that the farmer buys more, more product? So, right now, they do
1: analysis. So what they do is they go with the farmer and do the analysis in the lab. So they're actually already proving with the lab what the farmers need on their soil. Uh So what we're helping them is just to reduce this process during the sale process they have.
0: So it's already happening that way, basically.
1: Yeah, so they are already like testing on labs. It's not like they're just saying to the farmer, "Apply this because
0: I want to." You, now you, you know? mentioned uh, you mentioned currently you're you're using your system um, in Algarve. Ex- yeah. Explain a little bit about that case study, if you will.
1: Okay, so we're working with Jose Cuervo. Jose
0: Cuervo the tequila company. Yep, yeah, know them.
1: Yeah. So I might have working... tried. I might have
0: tried their product. I don't know. I can't possibly talk <laughs> about that. Okay, keep going.
1: <laughs> so we're working with their lab team and their field team to actually test the accuracy of our tool and, you know, making experiments, making sure it's working well. Mm-hmm. And then will their technicians will start to use it on field.
0: So, so Jose Cuervo um, agave plants. Tell me other kinds of, Case studies that that this could be useful for. Um, you know, other is it other? Um, is it just purely farmers? Are there kind of organisations that actually test soil for other uh, other methods? You know, like um, uh, I'm trying to think, like kind of foundations and you know that that sort of thing. What kind of companies do you see using this tool uh, on an ongoing basis?
1: Okay, so we have the fertilizer companies who do the soil analysis. Yeah. And we have also food companies. So, for example, Nestle, we have General Mills, uh, Bimbo. They all have now sustainable agriculture initiatives. Okay. So they are actually trying to go with their suppliers Mm -hmm. and see how they are using their soil, how they are growing, and trying to measure soil. And get data on how they're actually using the resources.
0: When you say you have them, you, you've got existing, you're, you're selling your product or your service to those companies, or you're in the process of talking yeah, to them? Not, or?
1: not yet, but we're talking to some of the organizations that are actually managing this.
0: Okay, got you, got you. This process. Okay, so let, now let's talk about Agron Solutions. You are who? I'm Carolina. You're Carolina. Uh, when, when did and are you a co-founder of Agron?
1: Yeah, I'm the CEO of Agron.
0: Perfect. When did you start the company?
1: One
0: year and a half ago. Wow. Okay. So so pretty recent, pretty recently, um, and. Uh, over the last 18 months uh, or actually learned, let's let's dig into that how you even started why did you uh, come up with this idea assuming you you're the person that came up with the idea
1: yeah so i'm a product designer and it was actually part of my thesis project so my last semester project okay and we had to like see a problem in mexico and also apply technology And, of course, put a product design. So I started this because my grandparents are actually farmers Mm -hmm. of corn. They produce corn. Okay. And what happened in their area, all the farmers around them were losing fertility. And they just, like, uh, two years ago, they just left that area and went to a different area to start growing again. So they, so, so, so
0: over time, they, they, these farmers, because of bad practices, have, have kind of screw, screwed up the soil and, and, and are losing productivity. And after a, a certain period of time, a few 10 years, 20 years, whatever, they've said, OK, we're not able to produce anymore. We're just going to go screw up another piece of land. Yeah. Awesome. Basically. Sounds great.
1: Yeah, and it's actually happening in four years. Four so years? Four years, they're moving from land to land and just living on fertile soil. Behind them, yeah.
0: Jesus, excuse me for those Christians out there. Uh, that's <laughs> that's terrible. Okay. I know. Oh wow. Uh, okay. So your so so your grandparents. You, but your grandparents didn't leave their land, right? From what I understand, they.
1: No. No, but they're not like uh, industrial producers.
0: Got you. Okay, yeah. so this is more on the industrial side rather than just sort of the small the small hole farmer per se. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got you. Um, okay, so you started the company about 18 months ago. It was originally a project at school because you're a product designer. How, 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 what have you done over the last 18 months to take what was a project and build it into a, you know, a small company?
1: Yeah, so for the first six months, it was basically just the product design. Mm-hmm. So it was just we had a prototype, but it didn't have technology inside. So, it was just like the concept. Right. So, then we had the interest of some uh, investors and potential clients. Mm-hmm. So, that's when I decided to actually put technology in the product and start testing it. So, at that time, I went to. I was selected for Startup Chile.
0: Startup Chile, cool.
1: Yeah. So, I was in Chile. I met my co-founder there, a uh, tech guy, mm-hmm. electronics engineer, okay. Nicolás. And we started working, we put all the technology inside, and then we started going with farmers and testing. So at this point, we just had pH and conductivity sensors, so we were missing the nutrient part. So we actually built a network of around 100 farmers that were helping us to validate the product and telling us what they needed, what we needed to add, etc.
0: So basically kind of customer testing.
1: Yeah. So after this, we decided to add the nutrient parts, which was has been like the tough part of the product. Yeah. And yeah, afterwards, we just started with wearable.
0: Perfect. Well, it sounds all so easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says hesitantly. Um, okay, how many people on the team right now?
1: Uh, so co-founders were three. Okay. It's myself, uh, we have Oscar in the business part, yeah Nicolas electronics engineer, and then we have also a hardware engineer. Okay Alejandro. we have two agronomists, Aranza and Patricio, and we have a chemical engineer.
0: Awesome Cristobal. So nice and small, but big enough for you guys to be working with the hundred farmers and and uh, Jose Cuervo to kind of make this this a reality. That's awesome. Um, you guys got into foodex? <laughs> how did that how happen? Did, how did that happen? As if I don't know.
1: How did that happen?
0: Yeah, you guys applied. Uh, yeah,
1: so after like seven interviews, okay, they decided we we they wanted us to be part of FoodX. <laughs>
0: okay, and and um, uh, and and if I recall correctly, we gave you the offer on a Friday, and insisted that you turn up at FoodX in New York City um, on a Monday, right? Something like it,
1: that. It was actually a Saturday.
0: It was a Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah, so not even Friday. <laughs>
0: All right. So on Saturday, we're like, okay, you can come into FoodX but you have to do it. You have to be here in forty-eight hours.
1: Yeah. So. And where
0: were you? Where in... were you at the time? Were you in New York as well? So that was easy, or what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I was actually in Patagonia. Okay. So I was traveling there. I had no communication. So, when I arrived to Santiago, I was living there for a start of Chile. Okay. And I just got your message that we needed to talk. So, we talked the next day, which was Saturday. Yeah. And then, actually, you told me um, Sunday morning that I was in the program. Yeah. So, I was supposed to go back to Mexico on Tuesday. Like, everything was planned, my flight was ready. Mm-hmm. So,. Um, yeah, when you say, okay, you're into FoodX, I was like, okay, I need to change all my flights. So I called the airline, and they were like, okay, there's a flight in five hours. Can you make it? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I think I can.
0: And you made it. So, you made Yeah, it. I did. I think that's it. I think that's a testament to kind of how you've approached this whole business. You've done you've done everything you've needed to do as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So, um, what do you hope to do with Agron over the next kind of twelve to eighteen months? What are you know What are the goals? What are the plans?
1: Okay, so the plan is actually to place the first devices on field. A mm-hmm. hundred devices we went for the first year on field. Right. And yeah, of course, we have to raise to actually be able to do the production. Yeah, so right now we have some prototypes that we can start using. Mm-hmm. We can have more products on field, but in a prototype stage. So we're raising to actually have the production run and launch officially.
0: Okay, so when you say you're raising, um, to produce 100 units, what what kind of money do you need to raise so that you can you can produce those products
1: uh 700k okay dollars?
0: yeah 700k dollars got it yeah. um and who's going to be buying these Is do you, do you sell the units or do you you said 35 dollars a sample do you sell the units and then charge them a per sample price how does that work
1: no so we say we work in a leasing program
0: a leasing program got it
1: Yeah, so in the end, the sample is around $35, Uh but for example, Jose Cuervo, so they are doing 40 samples per month per device.
0: Okay. Okay, So
1: they pay around $1,400 per device per month, Uh and they have 40 samples to to test each month.
0: Perfect. Sorry, the dog's about to go bananas. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, so 12 to 18 months, 100 units in the field, raise $700,000. Um, okay, uh, what does that 100 units, what, what does 100 units generate in terms of revenue? I'm trying to figure out if you're spending $700,000, you're creating uh, 100 units. Are those 100 units going to pay that $700,000 back in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months? How do you, how do you see all that working out?
1: Yeah, so we're expecting to have like the investment back in the first year. So we can generate the revenue of around 1 million.
0: With 100 units?
1: Yeah, in year one. Wow. So, yeah, actually, for example, each tool, we can say it's paid in the first month. Yeah, so the rest would be the revenue. But we're taking into account there are months that actually don't are not really active on analysis. Sure. So maybe some tools won't be released for some months. Yeah. So we're taking that into account.
0: So you're saying you said before that if you've got a six month crop um, right now, uh, those tests are being done twice a year. Now, actually saying that, if it's if if it's 60 seconds plus the wandering around the field and it's 35 bucks um is are there is there any benefit in sampling more often more regularly and being able to kind of add some, uh, add fertilizer over time as opposed to you know kind of yeah. capturing a, a particular moment from a field sample perspective and then relying that the next 6 months are exactly the same isn't it make if it's cheap and quick isn't it more sensible to do more regular testing
1: yeah it's better to do more regular testing and also more sectorized testing. So, for example, in 25 vectors, instead of just doing one sample, they could actually do three. So, they could have like pretty established scent, uh, sectors and they can fertilize better.
0: And if they're using a tool, their own tool, and the lab, it sounds like the labs are, have a little bit of variance on an ongoing basis. If you're using the same tool, and, and which uses the same software and analyzes the sample and you use that over time you know every 3 months every 2 months whatever the time period might be mm-hmm. you can actually start getting a, a a kind of a from a data perspective a, a better collection of data where you can compare better months to months yeah. quarters to quarters right
1: yeah exactly and we actually have that historic data in the app oh okay so they can actually track it yeah
0: that's really quite cool so give me, give me some examples of companies. You mentioned Nestle. Uh, you mentioned Bimbo. You mentioned a few other companies that could use uh, a system like this with their vendors. Um, any other case studies, any other examples of companies that could use uh, or find benefit in a tool like this? I mean, yeah. for, for example, um, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, could the government be using tools like this to make sure that, Soils in certain places are being uh, are in good condition, aren't, aren't having contaminants and various other things.
1: Yeah, the government it's actually like could be a key factor uh, using our tool. For example, in Mexico, we were actually part of a research to do soil mapping of uh, of the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so farmers can actually have a reference on soil status. In a national level so it usually takes around one year and a half for them to do all the testing and send it to the lab and then collect all the data so they think Akron could help them do this in a faster way and also in a regular basis you know so if they do it now every five years maybe we could do it every year because it's gonna take less time to actually have that mapping
0: yeah perfect so, okay, uh, we, I think we we probably covered key, the most of the key subjects. Um, one quick question, um, totally unrelated. Where um, where do people find out about you guys? If someone's interested in talking to you, if someone's interested in giving you that seven hundred thousand dollars you mentioned uh, somewhere in this interview, where do they find out more about Caro? Where do they find out more about Agron Solutions?
1: Okay, so Agron Solutions—they can go on their webpage, AgronSolutions.com. Great. We have the link there to our social media and my personal email. I mean, not personal, but <laughs> <laughs> like they can contact me
0: through there. Perfect. Uh, totally. Now, now here, here comes the unrelated question. Tell me okay. one good book or one kitchen tool you have bought in the last 12 to 18 months that you thought was good
1: oh wow <laughs> i know that's a good question okay kitchen tool
0: well you know like a, a, a potato peeler a a a, a machine i don't know think okay. of it. a, something so, that something that helps you to cook better something that you'd have in your kitchen
1: so when I was in Santiago, yeah. I actually bought the blender, but it's like the, I don't know how you say it, it's the multi-tool, that it's just like a small blender.
0: Oh, okay, so like, a like a handheld, like, like a handheld blender. And
1: it, yeah.
0: And what do you use that for? Everything. Everything. I'm going to tote. It, was, <laughs> <laughs> it <was actually laughs> perfect.
1: Like it was the best, you know, I, I just enjoyed it so much.
0: You do? So you like use it for smoothies and stuff or what?
1: Yeah, smoothies, and then I could do sauce, you know, so that
0: was, it was great. And, and you say it was great. Did you break it, lose it, leave it in Patagonia? What, what happened?
1: Yeah, I had to leave it in Patagonia. Well, in Santiago, because I had to run to New York. So you, you had five yeah. hours
0: to get to the airport, and, and the... Yeah, the, I just
1: w- forgot it. <laughs> the
0: handheld blender didn't make it in the rush.
1: Yeah.
0: You can always buy another one. I'm sure Amazon or somewhere yeah. have, yeah. you know, handheld blenders. That's yeah, true. <laughs> All right, so Agron Solutions, A G R O N Solutions and then they can connect with Caro, the CEO, and uh, uh, you know the person that's been building this great business over the last eighteen months. Thank you, Caro, for your time today and uh, ca- coming on to Food Innovati- Innovators by Foodex.
1: No, oh, thank you.
0: All right, have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Innovators by Foodex. Again, come along to Food. X.com if you're interested in finding out more about us also if you'd like to connect with me come along to linkedin.com forward slash i n n as in nancy forward slash andrew ive look forward to connecting with you again and have a great day bye